When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you on dating apps trying to find a relationship? Would you like to find out why they're creating dysfunction in your life? Welcome to the Heal the Hurt podcast. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were going to be the first man or woman to do something really great. But then something happened. Something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. The first thing to recognize of why dating apps are really dysfunctional and creating massive dysfunction in the whole relationship arena is this simple fact. Only 7% of all communication is words. 93% is body language, tone, facial expression, all these different things. That's why we've all had the experience. We've been in a fight with a partner and we hear the words and we go, that's not what you said. Like they were the exact words, but we interpreted through their body language, their tone, the roll of their eyes, what they were really saying. Well, you don't have access. 93% of what it takes to communicate and connect with somebody you have absolutely no access to. How do you have any clue who this person is? Add in the fact that most people lie on their profiles and most people put up a false image when, especially in text message, you know, it's I'm projecting something. Well, now you're down to probably anywhere from 1% to 3% of who this person really is. And you're going to make a decision based on that. That's what's hysterical. Like when I was on them, you know, I did a lot of it for research and it was fascinating. You could be in a conversation with somebody and just one wrong word, one word that you're not aware of or sentence structure or punctuation or an emoji and poof. They're gone. They've they've completely shut out a possibility over that. Like, think of of the ramifications of that and how people are making decisions. Plus, now, in most cases, if you say, like, this this is part of why I got off them. If you say more than three or use more than three words, they're gone. It's like, oh, my God, he's so needy. He, he used more than two words. Oh, it's too long of a conversation. I just don't have time for this, right? So the whole idea, the whole premise of a dating app right out of the gate destroys any possibility of connection because we don't use words to connect. We use emotion to connect and you can't transfer that. Now, when you know dating apps or dating sites started years ago when I first got on them, it was much different. You would write letters like, you know, there was romance to it. Well, my God, you literally more than a sentence. And and it's like 
you have just completely overwhelmed this person. Like they just can't deal with it. You know, I mean, they're the rare exceptions, but primarily women are overwhelmed by it. And here's why they've done studies. All right. You know, women always complain about men being picky and all that, but they found women are way more picky on dating sites than men, like astronomically more picky. All right. When scanning profiles, 80% of all the profiles, women will judge the men, no matter who they are, they will, they will judge 80% of the men in their pictures and profiles as below medium. You know, if you have a scale zero to 10, women will judge men, 80% of them below medium. That's, that means they're saying 80% of the men are between zero and four. Like that's just not possible. Right. But that shows how picky women are. And I'm going to get to why part of why that is. All right. The other thing is men will swipe right 46% of the time, while women will only swipe right 14% of the time. That's a massive disparity. Women are massively picky. Now, in part, why? Well, all a woman has to do is put up a profile and she gets inundated with thousands of likes, all right? And the more attractive she is, any person she swipes on, she gets a yes, right? So, what happens is in less than five or 10 minutes, she has 20 matches. She's overwhelmed. Well, now it's, you know, law of supply and demand. When you have so much, you get pretty picky because you have so much to choose from. But it also creates inaction. There's no desire. It's too easy. So women have all these options. You know, it's a kid in a candy store. They can pick any flavor they want. Well, now that they can have any flavor they want, they don't really want it. And so about the only time a woman goes out on a date, it's like the wind has to come from the Northeast at 72 degrees with the sun pitched at 12.01 p.m. But you can't have a cloud in the Southern Hemisphere. It has to be in the right hemisphere. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to give women a hard time, but it'll just be this mood thing where all of a sudden they feel a need for attention. And, and granted, like I've talked to many women, they mostly get on dating sites because they're feeling lonely. They're feeling rejected or not pretty or whatever. They get on, swipe a little bit, get a bunch of external attention, have a couple conversations, go, okay, I'm better now, I'm done. All right? Now, here's the problem. Here's where the dysfunction comes in, okay? What this leads to is massive codependent dynamics. Like you're hearing women really complain about how weak men have become. Well, the whole dating system, the whole online dating system creates it. It creates something called love addiction and love avoidance. All right. So when somebody is suffocated in childhood, all right, emotionally, and this happens to women a lot, they get suffocated. So say your parents, one of your parents was sick or hurt or was an addict and you had to take care of them, or they worked a lot and it became your responsibility to care, take care of your siblings, or they got divorced and one or both of the parents turned to you as a confidant or you were the golden child. The point is, is because none of our parents have taken parenting classes and they're all codependent and they haven't dealt with their own childhood issues, they end up using us as kids in various ways to satisfy themselves emotionally. Okay. Well, 
not what you're seeing is that happens a lot to women. All right. Women get suffocated. It's something called enmeshment. E-N-meshment. Enmeshment. Okay. So think of it this way. Think of an umbilical cord. A parent's job or a mother's job is for that food to go out the umbilical cord and feed the child. Well, in a codependent enmeshed dynamic, it goes in reverse emotionally. So now the child is supplying the parent with their emotional needs. Now, as a child, it feels pretty great because I have all this power. But as we get to be an adult, this is what happens. And this is what you're seeing on dating sites. Women are massively enmeshed. So when you're suffocated like that as a child, any attempted intimacy, it freaks, freaks them out. And so that's why women have become so, you know, so much more like men used to be cold, distant, detached, um, unavailable emotionally. You know, the whole boss bitch movement, you know, was about basically it's time for women to go become men. And they did. Like, I don't have an issue with equality, but they also adopted the inability of men to process emotions. So most like people are shocked to find out that most of, you know, when I have female clients, I have to teach them how to feel. They don't know how to anymore. They're so detached from themselves in part because of dynamics like this. So a woman puts up a profile and she just gets smothered with attention. Well, it triggers that enmeshed childhood. She feels suffocated. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to back off. All right. It creates what's called love avoidance. Now, a love avoidant, their primary conscious fear is enmeshment. It's intimacy. Don't get too close to me because I was the emotional support for my family or someone in my family as a child, usually mom or dad. All right. And because of that suffocation, if you give me too much time and attention, in the beginning, they like it because it's a power dynamic. Like initially, they're okay with it, <clears throat> depending on the person. I mean, there's subtleties to it, but I'm talking in generalities how this dynamic works. And so initially, they seek out a weak man because it's powerful. But eventually, his neediness suffocates them because it's now a request for intimacy. They'd actually have to get vulnerable. They'd have to join in the relationship. Well, that feels just like childhood. And so they disappear. And so what happens is, and so then why do these women then end up chasing men who are unavailable? Like they're only swiping on that top 20% of men. Well, he sees her like, I, you know, I'm in that top 20%. I got my pick of the litter, right? Well, now there's a need. See, now the secondary fear of somebody who's suffered uh, um, enmeshment in the love avoidant dynamic, their subconscious fear, what they're not aware of is, is abandonment. And so the guy who's unavailable, the guy who's super hot or super aloof or only responds in one or two sentences, doesn't respond right away. The guy who plays that distant game, he's really hot because there's no threat of intimacy. See, he's a love avoidant also. And so it triggers her abandonment. So that's who she's going to chase. She's going to chase the guy that she couldn't get because it's safe. All right. Now, conversely, we've created now we're turning men into what women used to be love addicts. All right. Their primary experience in childhood for men is abandonment. All right. So again, if you grew up with a parent who was sick or hurt, an addict, there was a divorce. Divorce creates abandonment 
in all kids because one parent isn't there. Now that we have basically both parents working outside of the home, kids are massively abandoned. There's no one there to take care of them. Most kids are being raised by daycare people. Well, that's massive abandonment. There's no attachment. There's no attunement. It's horrifically damaging on kids to raise your kids through daycare. Now, I'm not trying to judge you. I mean, women want to pursue, you know, their life too, but recognize you're doing it at the expense of your child's well-being. Like that, I won't, I can't let that go by. That's a responsibility. And so as long as you're okay with that, like I'm not judging it, but it is reality. Two parent, you know, when both parents are out working, and I'm not demanding the woman has to stay home, but when both parents are working, you're creating massive long-term trauma in your children. That's just the studies show it. So now, does that mean, you know, they're going to be horrific kids? No. I mean, there are a lot of factors involved, but your child's going to have some struggles all their life because of that. Okay. So the whole dating app dynamic creates men are now love addicts because if they're swiping on 46%, right? And only 14% of women are swiping back. They have no options. They're desperate. And so they get clingy. They blow you up with 20 messages. Like they're just, let's go out, let's go out, let's go out. I, I have to admit, I mean, I'm, I, I bounce between love avoidant and love addict. You know, normally I, I used to start a relationship as the avoidant. And once I felt safe, the addict would come out and that would trigger them to leave. You know, so, um, you know, I, I always struggled with both. But dating apps turned me, you know, it just turned my love addiction. Like I just... I couldn't stop, you know, and so that's that's what those men and women do this too on dating apps too. Um, they they get the exact same way, but primarily what we're creating through dating apps is massive codependence and what's called love addiction, love avoidance. All right, both sides are struggling. What it's really bringing up is the childhood trauma both have suffered and haven't dealt with. And it's reinforcing that in a dynamic that never works. Okay. Because the only way you can build a relationship is in person, not through texting. Like texting, if you're having a texting relationship with anyone, you're not in a relationship. It's too distant. It's too disconnected. If that's your primary way of of, um, keeping in contact your relationship has a long way to go to have true intimacy because intimacy can only be developed through sound, touch, face-to-face communication. Even over the phone is a hundred times better than any type of texting, emailing, any of that. Okay. So I'm going to explain a little bit more about the love addiction and love avoidance. All right. So I, I basically described a little bit of the love avoidant. And so now we have a love addict. Their primary fear is abandonment, okay? So like with me, what triggered my love addiction was my mother's alcoholism. My mom would be sober four to six weeks and then for seven to 10 days be in a walking coma. Boom, gone, massive abandonment. My father wasn't really attachable, massive abandonment, okay? Now that's the primary fear is please don't leave me. Please connect with me. Please fill this hole I haven't filled myself. Now, the subconscious fear is intimacy, okay? And so what you have is this fascinating interplay in every single relationship out there, whether you met on a dating site, you met in person, what people don't realize is the dating dynamics we've seen exhibited by our parents, by TV, by music, 
by movies. What we think is love is actually love addiction and love avoidance. It's not love. It's a codependent dynamic. And so we all live this out. And that's why relationships are so crazy making. That's why divorces, the divorce rate is over 50%. It's because we're, produce, we're all pursuing love addiction, love avoidance. We think that's love. We just, we, I mean, Pia Melody is the first one who introduced all this stuff just about 20, 30 years ago. You know, about 20 years ago. So most people are just completely unaware. You know, for hundreds of years, we've been pursuing, or thousands of years, we've been pursuing this dynamic that doesn't work. Well, that's not true. It, originally, the relationships were all about, you know, status and keeping, you know, the species alive. It had nothing to do with love. Love is a concept that got developed, oh God, with 1500s, I think it was. I, I, have, I might have, it was either the 15 or I think it was the 1500s. Men started writing poems to women. That's when the concept of love started okay before that it was just a transaction and so this whole idea of romantic love is what 500 years old four four and a half 450 years old before that there was no concept of it so for the last 400 plus years what we pursued is a codependent love addiction uh, love avoidance model we just weren't aware of it until 20 30 years ago all right so what you have is a love addict whose primary fear is abandonment a love avoidance whose primary fear is intimacy. Now, the reason they come together is the love addict, they fantasize about a, a superior man or woman whether who's going to heal the abandonment, all right? The love avoidant is in a power position. I'm going to rescue them, or I'm smarter than them. I'm going to teach them, right? I'm, I'm in this power position. And they love the neediness in the beginning. So women, a lot of women love avoidance will resonate with this. You start dating the guy and for the for first four to six weeks, it's like, oh my God, he's amazing. Or it's maybe two to four weeks. He does everything for me. Oh my God, he's so sweet. And then you hit right around that. And this is true for anyone. The four to six week mark for any relationship is when you find out if it's going to go anywhere. Because by then a lot of the falsity has come down and you start arguing. And so you start to decide if you're going to work through those arguments and most cut and run. But you hit that stage and all of a sudden you, the women start turning to their friends. God, I wish he'd just stand up for himself. He's so nice. He just does everything. He's got no backbone. And so they start like manipulating. They do little things. They say snarky things. They do little bitchy mean, I, maybe I shouldn't have said that word. Um, they do less than perfect things. I'm not trying to judge here, but really what they're asking for is please, Show some boundaries because what women ultimately need is safety. And so when there's no, when, when a man can't say no, she doesn't feel safe. Both sides need that. Both no is the most loving word in any relationship, not yes. And so that's what she starts to realize is, oh my God, he's not safe. And so she tries to trigger him and he won't do it because of the abandonment. He can't do it. All right. Now what happens is, is she starts to turn away. All right. So you'll see this. Like I ran into this all the time on dating sites. Women, you know, oh, I'm so busy. Well, nobody's ever busy. It's a choice. But because of the enmeshed dynamic, that smothering, oh, I want anything to do. But, you know, I want to do anything but spend time with you because you want too much from me. All right. So love avoidance always have what's called outside intensity. Like with women, it's primarily animals, men, men with animals, too, but primarily animals. Um, they'll get sick and hurt a lot. 
Um, they will tend to have emotional affairs with men outside of the relationship, but not sexual because if they were sexual, they'd lose their power. But they'll have a male, male friend that they tell everything to, but they won't tell it to you. Well, do you see how they have power over both of you, but they don't have to be intimate? This one over here wants to sleep with you, but see, if I slept with you, I'd lose your power. This one I'm dating, I sleep with him, but I don't share intimate details of my soul because then I'd lose my power. So that's how women manipulate that dynamic and stay invulnerable, all right? Um, they'll attach to their kids and make their kids, because how can you argue with a woman who's like, oh, I just want to be a great mother? Can't argue with that. Now, men, they'll use their job, their friends, their hobbies. They will tend to have sexual affairs. They'll have addictions. So also with the love avoidant, they tend to have addictions. It's, it's what's called outside intensity. In other words, something is always more important than you. Well, that triggers the abandonment of the love addict. So they chase, chase, chase. Now, eventually what happens is the avoidant turns to that outside intensity so much and the addict keeps chasing and eventually they drop into reality. The abandonment, the suffering is so severe that they finally hit reality of, wow, she doesn't want me. He doesn't want me. And they turn away because they're so desperate for relationship. They'll give up their friends. They'll give up their careers. Like they sacrifice everything. They stop going to the gym, whatever. They just want to spend time with you. Well, once they turn away and they hit that wall, that realization of, wow, they don't really want to be with me. They turn back. They start participating in their own life. And for a little bit, the love avoidance like, oh, thank God he or she is off my back. I can breathe. Right? Well, remember what their secondary fear is. Abandon. They start to notice posts. They're having fun and joy in their life. And, oh my God, they're doing well without me. Oh my God, I want them. They come back. You know what? You're right. I'm so sorry. I was so selfish. I was so rude. Yes, I need to open up. We need to spend more time. And you both come together for this moment of, oh my God, aren't we great together? See, when we're here, isn't everything perfect? And you have a period of time that's great. And eventually the avoidance. Same thing happens. And so it's this cycle. Everyone is in, in almost all relationships. Everyone's walking away from each other. They're never facing each other. They're always this. And so you ever have a relationship where you guys are sitting on the couch and the one person is down, the other one's in a good mood. And then the next day or next week, it's the opposite. And you start saying, isn't it great how we're always there for each other? When you're down, I'm up. And when I'm up, you're down, you know, and you think that's just supportive. That's love addiction, love avoidance. Disappear. I'm here. I'm available. Well, now you're available. I'm gone. Just keep floating in and out. Neither side is capable of intimacy. Okay? So, ultimately, what's the solution? I say this all the time. I don't think any person on this planet should ever, literally, ever go on a single date until they read these two books. And even if you're married, if you haven't read these two books and you're not doing the recovery work in this, your relationship is suffering. It could be so much more deeply connected if you read these two books. The first one is Facing Love Addiction by Pia Melody. Now don't get hung up on the term addiction. Everyone's like, oh my God, don't call me an addict. All of us are addicts, like literally. 
If you like wearing the color blue, that's just an emotional chemical addiction in your body. If you like pizza, that's an addiction. Like, I mean, but we're all addicted. If you're overweight at all, that's an addiction. If you drink, like 80% of the population is addicted to alcohol. Well, now we're condoning pot. Like we're all addicts. Like, let's, let's just get over it. Also, the way habits form, habits are just addictions. Our brain and body gets a chemical reaction that we're used to. It makes us feel good, so we pursue it. We just classify certain ones as destructive, others as healthy, and we have all these judgments around addict. Oh my God, don't call me an addict. So call it facing milk. Like, I don't care what the name is. The point is, is both sides need to learn about this dynamic, the push-pull, the turning away, the codependence involved, the childhood dynamics that created the love addict and the love avoidant. I'm, I'm serious. Every client, everyone that I ever suggests this book to, I, they always write me going, oh my God, everything makes sense now. I, why hasn't anyone taught this? Why hasn't anyone ever given me this information? Now I know exactly what's going on in me, in them. Everything makes sense because relationships are crazy making because we don't have this information. We just, again, we're 50 years into really talking about emotions as a species. So we're, we're, we're just touching the surface on all of this stuff. But the solution, you have to buy this book. You have to read it. Facing Love Addiction by Pia Melody. Whether you're married, single or not, especially if you're single, you will never get out of the doldrums until you have this information and understand how you're playing your part in the dynamic and why you're attracted to those that it's not possible to be intimate. And see, the beauty is if two people now make this a priority to learn this and heal it, now you can be there for each other. You can support each other. So when one is in their addict or their avoidant, you can see it, you can work together on it, you can learn to be intimate, all right? The other book is by the same uh, lady, Facing Codependence, because all of us are massively codependent, whether you're the detached type or, you know, the suffocating type, the, the addict type. Um, all of us have been raised codependently, um, our, every dynamic we pursue. And so this will help you see how the codependence showed up in your childhood and how you were trained, not because your parents are bad people, again, we're just discovering all this stuff. None of this is judgment or blame. It's, you know, I mean, like I say, the science of psychology is only 150 years old. Think of that. Uh, you know, the first book was written in the 1870s. And as I was, and then it wasn't until the 1970s with talk shows that we kind of openly started talking about this. All right. So for the millions of years of existence, we're basically 50 years into the whole exploration and somewhat openness about talking about relationships, emotions, and all of these dynamics, like literally, we haven't even discovered tools. We haven't even discovered fire. We haven't even discovered that the world isn't, the earth isn't flat when it comes to our emotional capabilities. I mean, they say we use what, 10% of our brain? Well, this is the 90%. We're, we're just learning how to use. All this information is coming up. And the problem is, because of the history of not knowing about it, there's tons of shame around admitting or dealing with any of this and facing it. Well, that's why everyone's struggling in relationships. And that's why dating apps 
all these dynamics are at play. All you're seeing is everyone's trauma just blow up all over the place. Well, you can't have a relationship with, with all that trauma involved, the codependence and addiction and avoidance. It's just not possible. Um, it's Well, sure, you can stay together. I define relationship different. Just because you've been married 50 years doesn't mean you have a great relationship. You've been together 50 years. Two different things. They're, you know, the old adage was, well, my parents, X amount of years. Doesn't mean they have a great relationship. They've just found the perfect mix of addict and avoidant where they turn back and forth at the perfect time where they won't leave each other. And, and the addiction between both of them is so strong, they've stayed together. Now, is it a good relationship? Very rarely. It's, it, well, I don't want to say that. That's not fair. It's the best it could be. And, and, you know, kudos to them. You know, I don't want to take away from that. My point is, is we're capable of much more. So all of us are literally um, pioneers. We're at the cutting edge of learning about emotions and how they, and all of these dynamics and how they show up in our life. Like we're the set of pioneers who can fundamentally change relationships, parenting, trauma, addiction, all of these dynamics. Like this isn't anything to be afraid of. This is something to be excited about. You know, don't shy away from it. This is the solution. Life will make sense. Our life can get better. I know that shame comes up and I don't want to admit it. And you want to push it away. Oh, that's not true. And want to argue with me and stuff. Well, the science is overwhelming. Like you, you can argue with me. I'll just show you the, the science behind it. Your arguments with them, you know, and all the discovery that's been done, not me. So the point is, if you truly want a relationship, dating apps are creating dysfunction your chances are almost below zero to find a truly loving relationship in a dating app. Now, I'm not saying get off of them because you can meet some fun people and have fun experiences. And you might get lucky. But I'm, I am saying the whole dynamic is set up to create dysfunctional patterns in you. There's only one way to meet people. The old-fashioned way. You just got to run into them in the grocery store. You got to go pursue your life and your activities at a meetup group or whatever. And bam, there he or she is. And you sit across from them and you feel their body language. You watch their mannerisms and you build a connection. And then you choose as a couple to go learn about these dynamics so you can make it as healthy as possible. You make a commitment to each other that, hey, we both grew up perfectly imperfect. We both have things about us that need some work. Do you want to join together on that? Do you want to help each other do that, be a support? That's how you build a relationship. Almost impossible to do through text message and dating apps. So I will leave the choice up to you as to what you want. But if you truly want a relationship, dating app isn't your way.